Welcome, welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm Roscoe, joined by Darty and Bean. We're back for a post game. Leafs unfortunately uh, falling in overtime, but some big plays on both sides. Let's get into it. This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Subby. All right, so Leafs in Colorado, the two Goliaths, the top of the East and the top of the West. I mean, here in Toronto, we say the top. I think there's two teams in Florida above us, but you know what? The two teams on the hottest streaks right now in the last 20 games. Uh, this was this was a big one. Battle of uh, McKinnon versus Matthews. M&M's. <laughs> Roscoe. <laughs> like I said, Roscoe here with uh, Darty Broder and uh, Justin Bean. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, considering the outcome. Yep, can't. Uh, I, I can agree with Bean on that one. It's uh, you know, it's always hard to lose as a Leafs fan, but uh, I, I saw we saw a lot of fight out there. So you know, we'll we'll break down the good and the bad of this. Yeah, so uh, I mean, starting off with just a lineup tonight was a little odd because uh, we thought we were out of the woods on this, but Marner and Engvall both land themselves on protocol. So we had Kerfoot moving up to the first line with Matthews and Bunting. And then uh, McKay of Tavares and Nylander on the second, followed by uh, Mr. Never-Going-Away Nick Ritchie with Kampf and Spezza, and then Clifford, Sini, and Simmons on the fourth. Um, just off real quick here, now that I mentioned Sini, did he get pulled at some point? Because I don't think he played the full... I don't remember seeing him much after the first period. Yeah, I heard his name a few times in the first, and then that was kind of it. Yeah, I'd be interested. Yeah, to he check only his played six minutes and fifty-two seconds. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, so he, <laughs> they didn't play him after the first. Yikes! Huh? Yeah, he uh, Simmons only played seven nineteen as well. So obviously, Keith saw something or didn't see something in those two that he didn't like. Ooh. Well, I mean, I saw Simmons out there because he set up. Richie got a good goal. assist. Yeah, he got a solid yeah. assist with Richie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll we'll uh, we'll get to the goal there. So first period. Um, a little bit of a uh, a giveaway from Dermot, but Soup, phew, man, Jack was unreal tonight. Comes up big on a save there. And uh, not long after, uh, Monsieur Bunting, who was, man, is he not the biggest pain in the ass? Like, did we not love this? Oh, yeah. He absolutely is. It was a so, sweet uh, goal. Oh, yeah. So Bunting uh, fights one out, sends it over to Kerfoot, one-timer. And uh, the first shot of the night for the Leafs, it was pretty long before they got their first one off. Um, I, I don't want to say that the uh, Avalanche came out on top in the beginning, but they were definitely getting their shots through. The Leafs had some solid chances, but not necessarily getting them uh, onto the net. What did you guys think? Um, yeah. Um, gr- sorry. No, go for it. Go for it. Um, great persistence by Bunting, too. The, the battle that he showed the whole way up the ice protecting that puck. And then just sliding it just past the defender. Um, I believe it was Johnson who just sprawled out a little too soon. And Kerfoot waiting wide open, banked it off the pad and in. It, it was beautiful. Great, great determination by Bunting to get a chance there. Oh, it was. It was so nice. Man, and it was like after every whistle, there were two, three, four people just around Bunting. And he's got that smile on his face. I love it. It's one of those guys that when he's on the other team, you just hate it. But we haven't had one in a while. It's nice. And it's good because, uh, you know, obviously, and how many times is Darty going to pull the the um, <clears throat> Mike Babcock and say on our show that the Leafs uh, need to start the game on time? But uh, obviously, they uh, kind of had their 
you know, bells rung a little bit in the was the first six minutes, eight minutes of the of that game. But uh, then, yeah, uh, obviously, uh, Buddy decides to bite on uh, Bunting and uh, leads to a nice, sweet goal for uh, Kerfoot on uh, his former team. So, like a really nice one timer. Like I, I watched it a few times just because it looked so freaking good. It was. And I mean, it's not a shot that you usually expect from Kerfoot. It's not how he gets his goals. So, uh, you know, stepping up in Marner's absence, filling it on that first line. I picked him up before this game on fantasy, which was a great idea because he had three points on the night. Thank you, <laughs> sir. So did I. Hey, boy. Didn't didn't we just bring Kerfoot up last game or last podcast too? Yeah. And I was going to say I, I was between him and Mikheyev to pick up and they both scored. So, uh I figured tonight I got to pick one of them up, and I'm glad I grabbed uh, Kerfoot because uh, I mean I, in this situation I was going to because he was on the first line, but yeah, great performance from him. So uh, the Leafs were pretty dominant in the first period once they got things going after that goal. Uh, really kind of shook Colorado because I mean they like I said they had a hot start, so uh, to give up the first goal after that, especially on the first shot, it's oof really deflated them quick, but uh, not for long. Unfortunately, but uh, still, we got three nothings. We got them on three nothing, right? So, like, hey, that's <laughs> I didn't expect that uh, from that for I said the first uh, what, six minutes. Uh, I was not uh, gonna think that we're gonna be up by three. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think anyone was expecting two goals in 33 seconds on the same shift from Austin Matthews. <laughs> it was like the the broadcasters were talking about how he hasn't scored in two games, and it was like 40 seconds later he scores two. <laughs> And he wanted that Hattie. He was a man on a mission. Yeah, you could tell he was going oh. for that hat trick. I know he wanted it so bad, especially because he got one last time and then played Colorado. Man, that would have been nice. Um, By the way, I don't know if you re- realize this. With his assist on that opening goal, Bunting solidified his spot in fifth place for rookie scoring this season. Ooh, nice. 20 points. Love that. Love to see it from Bunting. Uh, man, we were talked about it last show, um, and I just kind of want to get your response on it, Darty. We asked, like, you know, is he a legitimate first line left winger? And I mean, like, especially after tonight, what do you think? Um, you know what? Like, he just obviously, if the guys are biting on him and <laughs> leaving Kerfoot, like they they clearly see him as a threat, right? So, um, <clears throat> I would say that uh, con- considering that like, he looked really plucky out there, and he, uh, you know, he had a lot of good uh, chances, and uh, you know we're having we're having trouble as it is like trying to find uh you know where we're going to get offense from uh, those guys so hey yeah and honestly um not to kind of shy away from the fact that matthew scored two goals but do we uh on the topic of scoring from other people do we need more from the defenders in terms of scoring like i mean we're up against colorado who's leading the league in score uh, goaling from their goaling goaling and scores uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what i mean they've got uh they have the the highest scoring defenseman in the league so is this something that the leafs you know want do we need this or is it just a different uh different style that they play uh, i don't know um i i get it it's it's really nice having someone like mccarr back there he's gonna probably go down as gen- a generational defenseman oh yeah for sure i i I, I can't think of someone in the last 10 years who's come in that's been even close to what he is. But look at the first period for sure. Most of the second two, the Habs, or the Habs, the Avs, neither of us can talk tonight. 
didn't know it, it didn't look like they knew what they were doing in the defensive end no and that's actually a note that i had is they're really good at scoring but they're not great in their own end defensively those guys oh yeah we um, took advantage like byram, of byram yeah byram got his pocket picked by nylander uh set jt up unfortunately willie had no uh no shot on that he was a little far to the right side there but fed it over to jt who almost put it in right before matthew's two goals um and there were a couple other times where the, these guys were getting uh you know, held at the blue line or getting their pockets picked before it, it left the zone. And man, it's, I get it. It's like you said, seeing McCarr down there behind the net, forcing these plays is, is something that, you know, I mean, the Leafs have done a bit of it in the past, but not to the dangerous level that, that these guys are. But as soon as the puck turns around, they're, they're all caught up in the offensive zone. So I don't know. Well, we're never going to expect McCarr level from uh, Justin Hall or Travis Dermott. Okay. But uh, <laughs> no, Morgan no. Riley looked good out there tonight. And TJ uh, yeah. Brody is at points. Yeah, Brody was was okay. I mean, he was out there for a couple of those goals against tonight. Unfortunately, him and uh, he was actually out there with Muzzin for one of them, I think. Um, but and Mor- Morgan Hall, Riley also decided to take the know. L on one of them. He he could have gotten the way of the puck, and he's just like, nah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna let this slide. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a little rough. There was an intercepted uh, pass at the end of the first period there, and uh, McKinnon. Pots it to make it 3-1 to go into the second period. So, I mean, the Leafs were outshot, but uh, other than that, Darcy Kemper was chased out of the net to the demise of my fantasy team as he takes a 12 <laughs> GAA on the night. I was so mad. Oh, it's like the worst what thing What a beautiful goals against average. Yeah, 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 yeah. That might lose me the week. I'm, gonna, I'm against Andrew, too, so I don't really want to lose. <laughs> not going to hear Sully. the end of it. Shout out, Sadi. Um, also shout out to, uh, Steph. We want you to feel better. She's unfortunately under the weather tonight. Um, yep. Yeah. Take, uh, take McCabe's advice and have some soup. Soup. Have some soup. You know, and, uh, you know, our good old pal, uh, Don, uh, was, yeah, yeah. Get, uh, grapes out there with your cold effects. All right. Trying to figure out what yeah, the hell yeah. it was called. I was like, wait a second. I was gonna say Lakota. I was gonna say Lakota <laughs> for a second, but he no. Uh, Don Cherry was uh, cold effects. I think. <laughs> right. Uh, so into the second period, Leafs on the power play and Richelis Nicholas <laughs> after clearing waivers and only getting back on the team because of COVID protocols. Nick Ritchie, out of boy. We love to see it. Everybody was happy for him. Go figure on the night when Steph can't podcast. Right. Oh, she would have been so happy. So, um, Richie, let's just let's just talk about him for a sec while we're here on the goal. You got in a little bit of a fight there, you know, get, getting roughed around and threw some punches back. Uh, not that there's anybody really to fight on this team, but a couple <laughs> of them swarmed him. Yeah, they look like children chasing him. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> who was it? I had, uh, I know Makar was there and... Uh, um, it was Makar, Kadri, and somebody else, right? Trying to yeah, I couldn't catch the rest of them. But uh, on the flip side of a goal in the fight, there or roughing around or whatever we want to call it, uh, he also takes a pretty bad interference penalty right at the end of the game that literally almost cost them the point that they got in overtime. Like that was not only was it like pretty far away from the, the play that was going on that he started that cross check, but almost turned into like a knee to the head from Riley that could have been potentially dangerous had it not worked out the way it did. But 
man. Just absolutely stupid. Stupid, exactly. Just yeah, a stupid. We're pretty lucky to the take. kid just you got could... up and he uh, kind of, you, you see he was kind of lippy afterwards, but uh, imagine if he actually got pretty hurt there, that would have looked really bad. No kidding. You could see just uh, Dubas. Uh, not Dubas, sorry. Uh, Keith Tyson Jost. Jost. Keith immediately was like covering his mouth so the cameras couldn't see what he was saying, like talking to the uh, the assistants there. So I don't know, man. It's tough with this kid. Like, so like flip side, he scores, you know, and he was playing pretty well. But damn, almost cost the entire game at the end there. So I don't know what to do with him. I don't know. I guess uh, just like yeah, Steph, yeah. I kind of like love the guy, right? Like I, if for, what is it? I wrote down here is like, good. Richie can do no wrong. The kid looked like a little asshole anyways. <laughs> but then afterwards, with Brody going in there, too, is like, oh, I guess he just wanted to be with Richie, you know, keep him company. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Kale McCarr, though, on the flip side, gets uh, his 15th of the season, which is just insane. What is this, the fastest pace for uh, a defenser? For a defenseman since 88-89, Dave Ellett with the Jets. Yeah. Like, are you joking? This kid's insane. Uh, while we're on Kale McCarr here, another quick discussion. The goal that he scores the other night, completely undressing Kirby Doc in overtime. Um, it's up there now with McDavid skating through four Rangers and uh, Zegers slipping the puck over the net to Milano. I personally put it number three. Like if we're you know ranking the three of those against each other, I'd say this is number three only because it's in overtime. But it's still... This was this was a nasty goal. What did you guys think of it? Because I know there's been some back and forth on whether it deserves the hype or not. McCars has to be first. I I I know McDavid's goal was nice, but at the same point, it, the other like the Rangers kind of just gave up defensively once they saw McDavid going. The Zegras and Milano goal, yes, that was very nice, but I don't know. McCarr basically broke Kirby Doc's ankles, changing directions, <laughs> and then go and then goes and buries on a future Hall of Fame goalie in Flurry. Like, okay, it it was beautiful. You know what? You're you're you've convinced me a little bit. I'm leaning. I'm leaning. Darty, what about you? I you know what? As uh, <laughs> as um, a doctor would say, I concur. You know, I, there's not really much I can say that uh, hasn't been said there, and it's just wow, like just lightning speed with his hands. Like you know, I didn't even I didn't realize that like it just was like it just kind of snuck under the crossbar there, and I was like, holy shit, this guy just beat Flurry, and like that's not like uncommon, but still, like <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, the back and forth to the backhand for uh, for a defender and just you know <laughs> completely, like you said, breaking Kirby Doc's ankles. It's just it's unheard of from uh, from a defender right now in this current league. Did any of you catch what uh, the Sportsnet team did? No. God. They, they they showed a clip of the goal and they had superimposed the logo from Dude, where's my car? Oh yeah, Dude, where's my car? Dude, where's my car? Was that they yeah. put that right with Kirby Doc? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they, they made out, it look like Doc was saying it. Shout out, uh, dude! Where's Makar is actually a team in our uh, fantasy league and has been since the beginning. So, uh, Kyle ahead of the curve on that one. So, continuing on in the second period, JT goes off uh, with a minute left for holding. Um, uh, you know, Leafs killed it off. They they were really good on the uh, the penalty kill all night. And they have been for the last, what is this, like 10 or 11 in a row they've killed. So, uh, hey. Good. Solid PK from the Leafs. Like, that's something we wanted to see. You know, we were pretty much, like, complaining and 
bawling our eyes out at the beginning of the season about that. So they've picked that up. Um, I was mentioning uh, previous to starting this uh, podcast uh, that the one problem the Leafs don't want to ever creep up on again is not the penalty kill. But uh, the minute after the penalty kill, you still have to play like it's a penalty kill. Because <laughs> if you get a goal in that minute afterwards, you look like chumps. Like you just, it's just totally demoralizing and you don't want that to happen. So it's not just about the penalty kill too. You need to make sure that you show some dominance immediately afterwards. Because if you let the other team get that goal, like you said, like who wants to look like chumps? Like what was the point of all that work? So, Yep. 100% because you've wasted all your energy, uh, you know, outnumbered. And then, yeah. So before we leave the second, do it. Did anybody else catch uh, Campbell actually showing a little? I don't know if it would be temper, but showing a little pushback against Jost. No, I didn't. So Campbell made that ridiculous right pad save, strong on his pad, glove down, held his leg straight to keep the puck out, and gets up and just not like a cross check and not really a glove to the back of the head, but like a half punch in Jost's back, getting him the hell out of the crease, which. From someone like Campbell, you never see. Ooh, like to see a little fire from yep. uh, the icy soup man. Exactly. Was he, calling him Gaspacho. I haven't seen him. Gaspacho. <laughs> well, you know what? It helps justify what uh, what Nick Ritchie did later in the in the game. So uh, thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> and then uh, your Johnny, your boy Hall, falls on his arse and puts his stick down on the ice to block a pass. Yeah, he's like, I totally meant to do that. I was doing a, a TJ Brody. Absolutely. We're going to call it a TJ Hall. <laughs> TJ. That's where you fall and then you turn it into a good defensive play. You know, I was ripping on him a lot for the first, uh, I don't know, 29 of 31 episodes of the show. He's Honestly, he hasn't been the one on the ice for these goals against. Like, it, you, for their really bad stretch there, it was like, every single goal against was him and Muzzin. Now it's, you know, it's spread out. Everybody's making little mistakes here and there, but I think he's been playing a lot better. I got to give it to him. He uh, he's stepped his game up. Guess who led all Leaf defensemen in time on ice tonight? Who? Justin Hall. Sweet. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to be a, a, a late bandwagoner. I'm going to be one of those people that makes a bunch of awful takes about somebody for a while and then just jumps on. Like I never said any of it. You just have to classify it all with suck at Babcock. Suck at Babcock. <laughs> so uh, in the second, that dive save. Oh, sorry. Oh no. Go for, yeah. Do I just want to make a point we'll the save. Uh, before we forget um, uh, first period and second period that uh, let's just uh, give a shout out to, uh, to big Willie Nylander because uh, he had a lot of great opportunities and just like, you know, uh, he was out there just hustling. Um, he, there is, there is points where if he'd actually uh, gotten that puck past that goal, we probably won this game. You know, it's sad that he couldn't get the, get a goal tonight, but uh, he did really hustle for it. So. Yeah, he could have had at least one in every period, including overtime. He led that charge at the end there, and man, uh, I wanted him to score so bad. He's been playing amazing on both ends of the ice. Him and Matthews, both their uh, their defensive play and like their ability to to steal the puck back and their forechecking and holding the line and like everything's just been awesome with those guys. And I don't think they get enough credit for it, especially with Marner. Matthews out, who does gonna, a lot of that. Yeah, Matthews going to pull a Gilmore and be in the top ten in scoring and being a self. Selkie Trophy nomination as well. I don't doubt it, honestly. 
Um, but we also ha- saw one of the most insane saves of the year from Jack Campbell. Uh, Bean, did you find the, the Joe Bowen uh, reaction? I didn't end up finding it uh, yet. No, we'll post it to Twitter as soon as we can find it, though. Nice. So um, I don't even know how he saw this, but he and like the the announcers immediately like, wait, I think he caught that. I thought he just kind of blocked yeah. it and it hit him and you know landed on it, but he actually caught that out of the air. Are you joking? Yeah, he looked like he was sliding into home on that one. Like <laughs> that was unreal. Yeah, Dev- Devon Taves just absolutely robbed. Yeah, so um, Jack stopped. I mean, they had fifty-one shots on the night, so he stopped about forty-six. That's insane. Like he really. Yeah the avalanche have been outscoring their problems, essentially scoring seven plus goals. And I think they said six games already now or eight games. Like they're, they're really deadly for that. Like as soon as they get going, they don't stop. And it's like, I mean the flip side, like the Leafs did last time to them. So, uh, I mean, as long as you can keep some of these guys down, it's, it seems to be all they have, but damn tonight, like I said at the end of the second with my Twitter analysis there, 4-2, next goal wins. Devontae was looking like, uh, you know, not his brother, <laughs> unrelated. Nope. Uh, Jonathan Taves out there tonight, he he was really hustling too. I was Are they scared. not? They're not related. No, they're not related no. at all. But he was it's like looking like a... like Mario Ferraro's, Ray Ferraro's kids, not. I still can't believe Vander no, that's and, uh, and Patrick Kane are related, but... Yeah. Speaking of Evander, did anybody see what's going on there? Oh, we will speak of Evander. Don't worry. <laughs> Hold your horses. I got that. I got that ready. So, um, like I said, I was texting my dad, and his uh, his philosophy with four two is next goal wins every time. And of course, uh, it was then four three, then four four. I don't know. I don't really blame. Like Jack kind of misread the four four one where uh, who was it Rantanen was behind the net and ended up feeding it over to uh, JT Comfer in front instead of wrapping around which Jack was kind of reading. So Comfer caught him looking the wrong way. Yeah, shadows of camping into Boyle in the playoffs against Washington. Yeah, that was a rough one. <laughs> but it, you can't really fault him though. No, no, just. It, as as the broadcast was breaking it up, Dermot was completely thrown for a loop with McCarr down in the corner there. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, Colorado had the numbers. They had the one man open and available. Yeah, I don't know about Dermot lately. He's uh, kind of starting to fall from favor for me. We need Lily back. Yeah, for sure. He, uh, I don't. I, there's a lot of people that aren't really convinced of Lily yet, but I, I really like. Him and Sandine together, I think they play really well both ends. So I don't know. I'd like to see him back in there. So good. His his draft stock fell in his draft year because he got mono. Don't you? Right. Yeah. And that, that. that's why the Leafs ended up getting him where they did. So the kid's got unreal potential, and you see it a lot. But it's got just got to get more in those people on Snapchat. All right, that's uh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, this is Lilligren, not Kapanen. <laughs> So we head into overtime um, with just, I mean, the, the puck possession was about the same, but my God, the Leafs were getting doubled in shots, doubled plus. I mean, I don't really see it as a problem, especially when the, the score is tied. It usually, I mean, you don't like to give up that many shots, 
but uh, at the same time, if you're catching them with the same amount of goals on less of them, I don't know. It's a trade-off. What do you guys think? You got the point. It, That's all I got. Yeah, got the right. Point, like so. it doesn't really matter. You get the point. Whatever. We did get the point. We also like we dominated them in the face-off circle. That's been in. I I don't know the Leafs off like, as being a face-off team like this, but holy shit! It wasn't like sixty forty or something. We were uh, sixty six to thirty four. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, they've been winning in the face-off circle every game lately. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Brings me back to oh oh three oh four with Sundin and Francis and Newendike. Oh man, bring me back to to grade school. Sometimes they win and they can't hold on to the puck though, which I think is like also a little nefarious. Like they do need to work on that as well. But uh, it's still you know we obviously more faceoffs you win, but you know what? Especially in the PK, right? Like I feel like that is a huge necessity for this team if we want to keep uh, pushing going forward. So. Yeah, well, um, just to finish the game off, uh, we had, like I said, a, a chance right off the beginning there. Um, Willie was playing amazing. So was Matthews. They, I mean, Matthews wanted that hat trick. And um, good night. Uh, Matthews really wanted that, <laughs> really wanted that hat trick. And um, and that's how we end the game. Good night. Good. good and that's, that's it. it. Good night. <laughs> anyway it goes the other way and uh that was it and uh man those that was it just me or was that crowd like insanely loud and the guy on the buzzer just like laying into it doing four or five horns every time they scored i think just because we haven't had a crowd in a couple games right yeah maybe too just noticing it more i was gonna say there's a crowd like (laughs) you know like uh it's just weird to see sometimes right because you see these games and it's like oh it's uh this is like a you know a little league game or something, and then you, you, get, you see a game like this, and it's a packed barn, and it's just you know it's weird that it catches you off guard almost, but it is what it is, right? Yeah. Well, there it is. That's the point. We get one. Uh, that was our, pro- I think, our last game against Colorado this year, right? We've yeah. Played both, so that's it. See ya in the finals for the Stanley Cup, boys. We'll be back. bring it plan the parade boys yeah so um just real quick to kind of chat leafs before we move on uh with marner and engvall out the kind of change to the lineup i mean an injury to marner is not uncommon these things happen almost every season so what do we what do we think of the substitutions here and the ability to keep richie since he cleared waivers so the the Richie experiment, it clearly hasn't worked the way they wanted it to or the way they hoped that it would. Yes, he's still young. Yes, he still has potential, but it, it's not working right now. Um, everybody in the organization said all the right things. Nobody wanted to lose him, you know, went on waivers due to the taxi squad for cap compliance. You know, that with Sandine and everyone, they, they had to do something. Now... Come playoff time, his style, yes, will be beneficial. But to to what? To what negative effects, right? Like you look at that stupid penalty he took. Right. And those are the things that can't happen I, in the playoffs, right? I, I don't want to harp on the guy, but that was bad. 
totally unnecessary. He wasn't even going on the guy that had the puck. Like Riley was on. I don't know. That was that was hard to watch, especially when the game's so close and in the dying minute. Like just worst time for the worst thing. I did enjoy a bit of the goonery, though. Don't get me wrong. Like <laughs> it was it was kind of funny because it like, you know, like at the same time, when you when you do look at it, and you say, OK, there could have been a huge injury there. Don't like that. But when you went afterwards, when uh, Jost was kind of getting lippy, too, and like I like the I like I like the um, the animosity that was going on there. Obviously, you don't want to get a penalty for stupid crap. But at the same time, it did look it did look like a fun game. It did look like, the you know. Everybody was playing hard and, you know, every now and then you're going to get a guy like Nick, Nick, Nick Ritchie come out and, you know, play the goon, like, you know, especially since we don't have, don't have, um, you know, the manpower at this point to put someone better. So, yeah. And I mean, we don't know what's going to happen if say the next time they get in a situation like the, the Winnipeg game where things just get out of hand. I mean, I don't know. He's the the other thing about Ritchie is he's making $3.3 million next year. Like he's on a weird contract where it actually goes up instead of going down. So uh, well, the, the actual money goes up, but I think the cap hit stays the same. That's nice. Mm. Yeah, it's it's hard because moving it just means it. Like it's meant to keep him in town. I get it. It's just damn to get passed on by all thirty-one teams doesn't feel good. It's just crazy that a guy who should be like on the Toronto Marlies right now is playing in the third line, right? So, yeah, I wish we had like Nick Robertson ready to come up. That kid just can't catch a break. He can't stay healthy. I know it's so sad. I feel bad for that kid. We need to get Amirov over here and playing in North America. That too. Um. Okay, so talking about waivers. <laughs> Well, speaking Evander of Amira, doesn't he have like a miserable time right now? Like he's not doing well at all. No. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's almost never in, in the actual lineup for his team, and when he is, he gets played like a couple a couple minutes a night. That's it. Eich. He needs to get over here and let our development staff get a hold of him and help him out. Work with uh, Nick Antropov. They picked him for a reason, right? So we don't want to just you know have the, have a blown pick. Is Antropov in development for the Leafs? He, uh, it's either Antropov or Ponikrovsky. I can't remember which one, but one of them's their Russian development uh, coach. How did I not know this? I only found this out like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, to be fair. But uh, they showed like a clip of him out on the ice, like working with, I think it was Mikheyev, and um, when he was like working his injury back. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I looked him up and it says like he he works development for all the uh, Russian speaking prospects they have. That's awesome. Yeah. So, OK, where's Evander Kane going? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> San Jose has put him on unconditional waivers for the purpose of terminating his contract. Um, there are rumors that teams are interested. Um, should he become available in the next couple of days? Uh, what do we think? Like, where does he end up? Who who can Carolina. fit a personality? I was just going to say Carolina is the only one that can fit a personality like this. If you can take someone like Tony D'Angelo and insert him into your lineup and not have a negative effect. Brenda Moore might be the answer. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to talk back to that coach? I was right? going to say at like, this point, I was going to say at this point, maybe he'd be at like automobilist Yekaterinburg, but, uh, <laughs> or maybe Red Star Kunlun. But, uh, 
Because <laughs> I don't think uh, he's playing in the NHL, you know. I I didn't either, but it seems like teams are going to be interested in him, especially if San Jose is going to cut him and uh, they can restart a new contract instead of taking over what San Jose has him at. Because that would be the situation, right? Like San Jose would terminate his contract, pay him for the next yeah, so... decade, and then someone can sign him to something new. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really really a tricky situation. There's not too many instances where a team can just cut him loose and this actually wouldn't count against the cap um so they're claiming that he violated covid protocol that he tested positive on like december 21st or something like that then flew to vancouver six or seven days later without permission which violates the covid rules he was supposed to be back with the San Jose Barracuda on a certain date, and he wasn't back until multiple days later, which also violates terms of the contract. The only way you can terminate a contract without having to have a buyout is in these types of situations. If you actually have done something, if you violated that would it, cause grounds for yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so if he clears. San Jose will then motion to buy him out. And the NHLPA has already come and said that they're going to fight it. Which is just going to be a wonderful drawn out process. He's not but playing. if he clears and they buy him out, then he is free to sign with whoever he wants for however much he wants. This is going to get dragged out for so long. Oh my God. Well, who wants to take that $7 million cap hit, right? Yeah, that's why no one will claim him. So then, when he gets bought out, he could sign anywhere for seven hundred thousand. That's true. He'll probably get league men from Carolina yeah. if he's going to, because he knows that that's his only shot back into the NHL at this point. Pretty much. Otherwise, he's Fucking playing up. for automobilist to Katerinburg. So, <laughs> uh, uncut gems, baby. So. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I have a little history okay. actually with Evander Kane because his his ex wife uh, used to follow me on on Instagram. I used to oh I used to razz razz Evander Kane so much because it's just easy, right? Like easy targets. Like he just you know he <laughs> everything that could go wrong. It's like you know how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Like, oh. speaking of, have you ever found um? that Twitter account, it's like Ranger fan and a bunch of numbers. And it's Tony D'Angelo's burner account. <laughs> I have not. It's so funny. I'll find it and send it to you. But like literally he, he only tweets things that are like trashing his old team and cheering his new one. And he's, it, I don't know. It's just, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I want to get around to listening to the watch your tone podcast, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I if I could sit through. Maybe he's got like uh you know like a lot of because he hasn't done it in a while. It's probably all like pro Trump or uh, you know I don't know whatever the hell. Oh yeah, he's Angela. a character. Yeah. Oh, funny thing. I don't know if you guys caught this because I saw it just before I jumped on the the podcast here. But uh, Washington's playing Minnesota tonight, and um, <laughs> Washington's on a delayed penalty. So uh, well. So, like, Minnesota is getting a penalty. Washington puts the extra man out, pulls the goalie. Haglin is in the literally the farthest point in the corner, and he tries to feed it back to the defenseman, and they miss it. 
and it goes all the way to the other end and into their own net. An own goal on a delayed penalty. Are you joking? From I like I'm yeah. not kidding. The opposite end in the corner. Well, they just lost five one to the Blues, all right. So I'm not expecting progress from that team at this point. Oh, Washington. Oh man, it was rough because the uh, the ref comes out to like okay that it's a goal and he has to wait through. He, first, he calls it a goal. The horns go off. Then he has to stand there while the fans cheer and the horns are going off to <laughs> announce the penalty. <laughs> it was pretty good. Well, Bean, did you catch that? Uh, they uh, was it Washington only allowed twenty four shots on goal in that Blues game, and yet they still allow five goals. <laughs> oh God! So, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with the different scores and teams losing the leads that you wouldn't expect them to lose it. Just, I don't know if it's the COVID breaks or or what's going on. It's been kind of nuts. Like look at Tampa getting dummied five, two from Boston today. Yeah. I made the mistake of playing Alex Kalorn over Joe Pavelski and Kalorn went minus two and Pavelski scored a power play goal. So sucks to be me. Like, Usually in these situations, we would expect that this would be um, where the Leafs would, uh, um, quote, shit the bed. But uh, it's looking like they're holding their own in this, uh, you know, every, 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 everywhere else is dealing with fires and catastrophes. Like, I just, I mean, like dumpster fires, right? They just, if they're crumbling at their, you know, Rome is falling. But then for the Maple Leafs, it's just like, oh, it's business as usual. We win some, we lose some. Like, you know, this, this four or five game, you know, it's not, (laughs) there could be worse ways to lose. (laughs) Okay, I don't know if you guys saw Absolutely. Campbell's post game because uh, we got some questions on Twitter about this, and I think we should talk about it. Did you guys hear what he said? This poor guy. I I didn't know. I jumped right on here right afterwards. Yeah, so did I. Just... So, Campbell, if I play up to my standard, we win that game every time. No, Jack, come, come on, on. Don't say that. Jack. You we can't you, you can't do that. Oh, yes, we and do. Matthews, Sue played unbelievable tonight. Said he made the save of the year at one point. So absolutely, this was not on Campbell whatsoever. Come on, you're playing against, like we said, the the best team in the West, like the the Stanley Cup favorites of the West. Come on. Yep. <sighs> like d- despite everything okay. right now, Toronto is third in the league if you go points percentage wise. Wow. Like Florida's ahead of them in points, but Florida's played two more games. Tampa's ahead of them in points, but Tampa's played uh, four more games. Why don't they do points percentage, especially with they, how many they games really should. are being postponed and canceled? Like, come on, you're gonna have to. Yeah, Carol- points percentage wise, Carolina's first seven fifty eight, then Florida at seven twenty nine, and then Toronto at seven twelve. Wow, I thought Tampa would be ahead of them. Nope. Then Colorado, then Tampa, then the Rangers. Damn. Okay, so here we got another question, this kind of question from uh, Mike at uh, MTC underscore 80. So here's like the if everyone's healthy lineup. Uh, It's Bunting, Matthews, Marner, Kerfoot, um, Tavares, Nylander. Uh, So I'm going off numbers here. Uh, Kasha, Kampf, and... Mikheyev. Mikheyev, yeah. And then uh, Spezza, Simmons, and... Angval. Beauty. 
Then on defense, uh, Riley Brody, Muzzenhall, Lily, and Sandine. Love it. Yeah, so maybe upgrade at 4C, um, but if they don't get a true top 4D to replace Hall, this team will not go very far once again this spring. So he's saying um, upgrade on Engvall as the fourth line center and upgrade on Hall as your second line right D. So, I mean, Jacob Chikrin's been in a lot of conversations. I don't think it's something that the Leafs can afford. Uh, it would be awesome to get a 23-year-old defensive prospect from a team that's collapsing, but I just I don't think the Leafs are in a position to afford it. Especially a player like him. Um, he is definitely the type of defenseman that you would want to target if you had a chance. But what we would have to give up to get him... Um, I believe they were saying they want a young prospect, a current player, not just a throwaway player either, and a first-round pick would probably be the starting point. Yeah, the Leafs don't have a first-round pick to throw away. They don't have prospects to expend, and they basically only have either stars or players that are hard to move. Yep. So, well, what about like Mikhaev? Move- you think they wouldn't take Mikhaev? See, that's the one that I've... Everybody's fighting me on this. I think as much as they like him, I think he's the most likely moved one because of how well he's been playing i think they can get the most return for him like everyone says oh he's been you know they like him and he's playing well and it's like yes in relativity to the rest of the depth on this team but you can get somebody back that's more reliable maybe not faster but you know fills out a, a more important role on the team i don't know i just i think mikhaev and engvall are the ones on the outs Yeah, probably Mikheyev before Engvall. Just the the injuries that have kept him out. You know, Keith and the team are more used to Engvall, right? Yeah, that's fair. I'm just glad Michael uh, Bunting has taken up such as this is a valuable role on this team because I did not expect that uh, going into this. Me neither. I thought it was going to be a fight for that first line left wing. We were talking about it being Nick Ritchie at the beginning in the offseason. So it's interesting that we've landed on Bunting and everybody's happy with it. I was thinking if Bunting wasn't going to do it, that Kashe would be his his true competition for that spot. And coming in because Kashe was unreal for Anaheim early in his career. And I think not having Kasha and Marner at the same time, the power play really hurt. Like there was that one where they couldn't even get it out of their own zone. Like, man, those guys got to come back. Kasha hurt himself in the gym. Like, how much does that suck? Yep. <laughs> gyms are closed man stay home what the yeah hell? come on so fourth line center is there anybody you guys can think of around the league that like you can afford that's an upgrade from Pierre Engvall there like it would to me it would all come down to to price like what you have to give up to get them um and because even if Engvall's not doing well in the draw or something like that, you have Simmons. Simmons, or not Simmons, Spezza. Spezza plays most of his career center. Yeah, and he's fantastic on the dot. Yeah, absolutely. So even if you have him take the draw, Engvall can have the defensive responsibilities of center in terms of getting back if needed be. You almost have like a, a force, what would that be, 4D, 4E, right, for your centers. Yeah, honestly, I don't hate the depth makeup that they have right now. I think the only thing that maybe needs an upgrade to make an honest run at the playoffs with this team, and it's like, you know, Jack's having a probably career year, 
and Matthews is on pace to do the same. So I think if you're going to take advantage of this, I, maybe a, def- a new defenseman, like I, as much as people can have good games here and there, and I don't know, I think they're going to have to move one of these forwards and a pick or something to try and get another defenseman in there. We don't even need anybody extreme. We basically need another Brody. Yeah, exactly. Another stay at home defenseman shut down like we had with Bogosian, basically. Yep. So there's something to trust with Hall and Dermot is there, right? Like we just, just looking pretty scary sometimes. Yeah, I just I have all the Hall and Dermot haven't been playing up to what like the the last couple of years they've been building up the potential that this would be, you know, a, a breakout year for them, but they just haven't really lived up to it. I have all the faith in the world in Sandine and Lilligren. The like both of them have done nothing but impress me all year every time they've been given a chance. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, Hall He's, I'm, I'm sure he's a nice enough guy, and he has played some great games for mm-hmm. us. But there's there's a limit at, at some points. Like at, at, you gotta realize that you are no longer at that same position on that team. Some of he filled games. a role when we needed it, and we don't need that role filled by him anymore. Sometimes those pairings look awful too with him, right? They're just like. Ugh, like, <laughs> yeah. you go back a couple podcasts you'll know we've been griping about it for a while so yeah and i mean but like i said the last couple of games he's been better offensively but it's still just it's not really what you need from him like we were saying we just stay at home shut down pair especially from him and muzzin and they haven't been that they haven't been reliable muzzin's been pushing deep behind the net trying to create plays like they're just they're not even playing the way that we need them to so i uh i think between now and trade deadline is going to be interesting. Dubas will get creative like he always does. Yep, absolutely. So um, kind of another, we've basically touched on this, but I'll just shout out. So at Sarwa asks, um, what's next for Nick Ritchie? Will he slip down to the minors to free up some cap space in time for the deadline or has tonight's performance redeemed him? So I think we've covered a lot of this. It was like hot and cold. Like, I mean, he scored and then he almost cost the game at the other end. So, yeah, the consistency is just that's that's basically his whole thirty games in in one. Like that's him in a nutshell. He'll likely be. I can't remember if he'll have to go back on waivers waivers or not, but he'll likely go to the taxi squad because yeah. if you're on the taxi squad, you will have some cap relief. Yeah, I think since he's cleared waivers, he doesn't need to again for I think it's thirty days they get or something. They go back down Set again. Set number of days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember reading it all with Spezza last year. but Yeah, there's like a, a time period where they can... So they're hoping that Kasha comes back, or if not Marner, back sooner off COVID protocol, that they can just probably flip him, like you said, down to the taxi squad. Because then you free up the space, um, like you said. Um, I think that, along with moving somebody, could really, what looks like no cap space, quickly turn into like $3 million. Well, and a lot of people don't realize that it accumulates over the season, right? So every day that you're under the cap it accumulates a percentage of the cap back. So gotcha. if you have if you have Nick Ritchie's two point five million dollars on the active roster for the entire season, it counts as a full two point five million. 
if he's on the taxi squad for 10% of those games, then not the full 10%, but then you get a percentage of that cap gotcha. for those games that he was on the taxi squad that you get back. And also, once we get to trade deadline day, the a the cap hit is only like from the half of the season on, right? So Exactly, because another team has already basically incurred that cap hit for the first half of the season. Not that I so want a, them to give away more picks than like they did with the Felino thing last year, but I really think that they're in a good position to grab someone rental like that. And I think it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting name, like somebody that we wouldn't expect, but you know, it's going to be fun to see in a Leafs Jersey. We, we, we can't afford to pay what we paid for Felino last God, year and no. have the same outcome though. Like, you can't fault the guy. He didn't know he was going to get hurt. He tried. It's not like he just moseyed around out there and didn't do anything. He legitimately tried. But we, we can't afford to have that same thing happen again. Yeah. Well, who was the other one? Riley Nash. Like, it's. I don't know how unlucky you have to be that all of your rentals just flop and you are then left with no players and no draft picks and you're out in the first round again and there's a whole Amazon documentary about it. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, all no, for nothing. Um, all for nothing, exactly. No, Dubas. Like it's crazy where we're at right now because uh, when we started, I'm sure when you folks started this uh, podcast, it was almost like the pitchforks were out and uh, you know starting to hone those blades uh, <laughs> to put against Dubas's back. But right now he's living on easy street because every single, pretty much everything, uh, you know, <clears throat> all his cards came up, and he's happy that uh, that they're we're, we're putting our pitchforks away because. Uh, yeah, last season, just nothing, everything, everything fell apart. Yeah, I mean, we talk about trusting the system, but man, like, I'm not going to lie, the first five, seven episodes of this, like, we were talking about, you know, which of the top four is going to get traded? Like, you know, how far do they have to go to to revive the season and before it gets too late? Like, you know, everybody was scared when they went on that run of losses early on the season, so. Of all it's the seasons nice to, make, to be back on top. Of all the seasons to make big moves now, um, considering where the Leafs are at and where, you know, how crazy things are, do you think, uh, you know, this is the time to put it all in red? Because, uh, I don't know, like, the Leafs are looking great and everybody else is kind of, you know, fumbling around. Like, this is, there's a chance we could steal this season, right? So, Absolutely. You got to go for it when you have the chance. Yeah, I think this is the season to I, I hate to say it, but I think we are probably going to see one of the prospects in, you know, Amirov or Robertson or somebody um, or Nyes even like somebody in of that stature, like moved from the pool for something, because I feel like it's it's, you know, as much as we can plan for the future and it looks nice to have all these things set up, but it's it's now baby like let's get our Kawhi Leonard yeah I just had to double check we do actually have our first and second this upcoming year oh really and Johnny I don't think we don't have a third fourth fifth or sixth right we do have a first second and seventh I was gonna say Johnny I don't think we'll get a Kawhi Leonard but I definitely think we'll be able to get ourselves a Danny Green and at this point like we do need just you know one more lovable guy to throw on this team and uh for that big push and I know it's going to suck if it doesn't work out, right? We're really, you know, we'll come back to this and we'll, you know, I don't know how we'll feel, but, you know, like, you know, we're strong, passionate Leafs fans, but uh, 
you know, if we get past the first round, will we be happy if that's all we get? Like, or do we have to go to the finals, right? Do we have to be, you know, Stanley Cup contenders? I would like to once see you past get the past first the first round. round. Like, realistically, once you make it, anything's possible. But you hear of a lot <laughs> of players who have been on the team. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. You hear of a lot of players who have been on teams that have just not been able to get over that certain hump. And then once they do it, they go all the way. Washington with Ovechkin, once, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They could never get by Pittsburgh. I'm just glad I would not have they to just, hear Ale, Ale, Ale over and over again this year. Like, it's just not going to happen, all right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so hear me out. The Bruins just barely... Uh, they go on a losing streak from here until the... the uh, the play or the trade deadline, and uh, they're looking to make a move. And uh, on an expiring deal, Patrice Bergeron says, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to Toronto. I'm going to go win a cup." <laughs> that is It'll my never happen. Absolutely out of the clouds, take. Wait, he, uh, he's a UFA. I think his contract's up at the end of this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's been contemplating retirement, and he'll probably pull a Chara if he comes back. One year deals, right? Yeah. Speaking of, Tuka Rask signs a professional tryout with the uh, Providence Bruins. And then their games get canceled. Yeah, immediately. Poor guy. What do we think? Do, are we, do we see Tuka Rask uh, coming back to the league? Yep, because Boston doesn't realize say, how what, good what would it cost? they actually have it. Like, you look at the numbers, Allmark and Swayman are actually playing decent. Just it's not Tuka who they've had for over a decade. I think Tukarask is going to uh, maybe go to Seattle. I don't think so. No. It'll be, um, no, it, it'll be a Spezza thing. He'll, they'll have to put him on waivers to bring him up, but it'll probably be like a, Hey, you can pick me, but I'm not going to go. Fair. He doesn't really want to move, I guess. Yep. Hmm. Well, I'm just thinking here before we sign off, uh, who was in a selling position? I mean, obviously the Coyotes, uh, Blackhawks, anybody there I can think of off the top of my head? Not really. Um, Canucks might be in a selling position. The Kings. Hey, what if we grab a Philip Deneau at the deadline? <laughs> no, thanks. They just signed him for a couple of years. It'd be great uh, for pizza pizza, I think. <laughs> you know, Maybe Lamorello and Dubas can work something out because the Islanders are in an absolute tailspin. Right. They've just been basically garbage all year. No kidding. And, uh, okay, who's a UFA at the end of this year? Ooh, what about Cal Clutterbuck? Hmm. As a depth piece. Four or five years ago, absolutely. Pretty bad. He he wouldn't. There's no way. He just he wanted to play for the Islanders. That's where his dad played. Um. Hmm. Well, there's not much. Don't you dare this... say Matt Martin. Matt Martin. No, there's not. <laughs> Fuck no. I think he's happy playing <laughs> the Islanders, right? Yeah, they've they've got that. Like, what is it? A six million dollar fourth line. They're set. Um, yeah. well, but, team... but Lou is so much better than Dubas. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I just love how Lou. <laughs> Lou picked They've got up nothing. Zach Parise again, even though like 
he just like, gave him away. Like <laughs> this Islanders, this shitty Islanders team, Anders Lee and JG Peugeot, Josh Bailey, Anthony Bolivier, Casey Sezikis, Matt Martin, uh, Sezikis is a name I would like. And Brock Nelson. They're all signed for like the next four, five, six years. Like this whole team mm. is, they're stuck with this. And they're all they're paying them all like five, six million dollars, as Lou likes to do. Just hand out four, five, six million dollar contracts to everybody and then realize that 18 times six does not equal under 90 million dollars. <laughs> I, I would love it if the Leafs could pry like Lawson Krause from Arizona. That's an interesting one. And wasn't uh, Strom a... on Arizona also rumored to be on the move? Uh, Strom that was on Arizona is in Chicago now. Right, he's on Chicago. Hey, he was also rumored to be on the move in Chicago's in the toilet too. This is true. <laughs> oh, you were saying about um, Kraus though? Yeah, big body. Like he's your your power forward that everybody has said the Leafs have been missing for years. Um, he is being made available. I don't know what the asking price would be for someone like him yet, but you have your typical suitors that everybody's talking about that are interested in him. St. Louis, Boston, Vegas, that kind of team, right? Yeah. I would assume Vegas would be, although they're going to have to, they're going to be probably making patch ready there. Kucherov to get oh, yeah. off the IR, right? Kucherov's back, baby. He is probably earlier than Tampa would like him to be back, but Hey, <laughs> they're falling in the standings. They need it. Uh, so, oh, I just got a ring in my ear there. So um, I guess the last thing we'll do, because we didn't do this, uh, we haven't done this in a while. Who was uh, who was pretty good tonight? I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. <laughs> oh, I love Larry David. So who, was pretty, who was pretty good tonight? We'll start with you, Darty. Uh, you know what? Even though um, <clears throat> he did not uh, get any goals, uh, I I'm gonna put Willie Melander out there because uh, you know what? Like I love Willie, and <laughs> I just want to show him some recognition. All right, like I saw your work out there, I saw your effort, and it was not for naught. Okay, so that's Darty's pick. There's definitely better ones, but I'm I, I'm not gonna steal someone's pick. I know, <laughs> I know who's gonna oh, be no, sad, I, So I respect it. I respect it. I I. He was playing Unreal, and he has been for the last couple of games. Like He's been the, probably the most consistent, I'd say, apart from... I mean, Matthews had a cold start, but Nylander, since the playoffs last year, has been the most consistent forward they've had. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, Bean, what about you? I gotta go with Soupy. Campbell, just, he played incredible. And the 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 fact that he he even wants to try to take all the blame afterwards is so commendable right like he he's such a great guy he's been playing unreal i haven't felt this comfortable watching a leaf goalie probably since belfour i was just gonna say belfour yeah like he's he's no offense to rhymer i loved rhymer and even even raycroft's one season where he tied the leaf record for wins in the season by the way yeah and the rhymer bernier um, year was decent yep it's a good goalie yep. tandem, right? but no yeah uh, campbell just he, he as he has all year just give him the vesna he played unreal tonight yeah his numbers are just absolutely pff, just insane 
Um, I think he's legitimately in the running for it. And this is the first time the Leafs have had, have they had a Vesna goalie in like, what is it, 60 years? <laughs> well, they haven't had a goalie win it since the 60s. Okay. So, yeah, 60 years. Yeah. Because it's now 2022, which is mind boggling. <laughs> My God, he's getting old. Looking to steal the, the Toronto love from uh, from Cujo, take, take the reign. Because uh, just the way this city's like treating him already, it's like, you know, it's how I felt as a kid. Like, you know, Cujo could do no wrong. And now it's looking like Campbell can do no wrong. We love our goalies yeah. here. I mean, we kind of ran Freddie out of town at the end, but we love our goalies in Toronto. They always get to a lot of fans, man. Like, people loved Reimer. People loved Freddie, too. Like, fuck. Am um, I pretty good? I'm going to give it to uh, to Poppy, though. I mean, Poppy. considering he had a hat trick last time with Colorado, and then tonight he gets two in 33 seconds that were both just oh, so sweet. Quick you see hands. a shift coming out of the box, too? Nah. Burn his saddle. He he stopped like three or four clearing attempts in a row. Just kept it in, kept battling. Oh. See, he's just like I said, um, in one of my period analyses on Twitter, he's not given enough credit, like for in the conversation against McDavid, for how well he plays, uh, outside of just rushing the net and shooting. Because McDavid, sure, mm-hmm. he's the fastest stick handler and puck handler that can score. But man, I don't think anybody competes with Matthews when it comes to just being able to control the ice and, and knowing the space that they control around them and using their body the most effectively. Like, fuck, Matthews is good. Crosby. Crosby, yeah, true. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody compare the two together, but... Being, yeah, who is I mean, the, uh, the goaltender you're talking about, talking about who won the, the Vesna Trophy for the Leafs? Because I'm in my, in my head, I'm like, this is like some the weirdest stat. The only one, the only goaltender I can think of is Turk Broda, and I'm like, okay, I don't think he, like, when was when was no? That? Um, so it was Johnny Bauer. Johnny, okay, okay. So if I remember correctly, Bauer and Sawchuk won it when they were tandem. Um, and you also had Broda. Oh yeah, because they could and give then, the, the the they gave it to the whole, the tandem, right? It wasn't like back one then. Person. It was for goals against average. Yeah. And then they brought out the Jennings Trophy. Um. And if I remember correctly, Harry Lumley also won it as a Leaf back in, I would say that would probably be somewhere in the mid-50s. That's just, I I could have the date completely wrong, but, and then uh, Al Rollins should have won it as a, as a member of Toronto as well. Man, it's like you're saying, it's, it's crazy watching a game with the Leafs and feeling so comfortable with the goaltending and not being anxious about it and like and feeling so comfortable with the forwards uh all four lines i mean it's really only you a little shaky with the defense but not nearly as bad as it's been in years past like we're not in the zeitz of cc or you know fanaf eras like we're past all that it seems riley's come into his own um oh i remember like there's no gardener bonehead moves (laughs) Nobody's oh, done a spin around. Don't get me yet. started on Gardner. Jake Frederick Gardner. <laughs> Jake Frederick. I don't even know if that's his middle name. I think it might be. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, it's funny that you mentioned about um, uh, Campbell because that is I didn't even like pick up on that um, like as a fan until you mentioned that. That I just yeah I just feel so comfortable. I never question him in net. I never like even when you know there's you know there's scoring chances against him that like. It just that are insane it's like wait a second like 
I'm not feeling as anxious or I'm not feeling as like heartbroken that oh crap like here we go again like you know we're gonna get scored on we're gonna get we're gonna get completely just you know unraveled here it's like no when you see Jack Campbell in net and you see even even on you know times when um you know he's getting double teamed or something you're like oh okay like you know you're you just you just you're like okay Soupy's got this right that's it yep absolutely yeah and I think that's built up at least for me over the course of the season like at the beginning when you know, there was a turnover or something, it goes the other way, you're kind of like, oh, but now it's, it's mostly, you know, if it goes in, you're like, ah, damn, they caught him on that one. Like, it's, yeah. it's like, I feel like this is what Montreal felt watching Carey Price for all those years. It's just not worrying about who's got you in the back. And uh, maybe the Leafs got a little too comfortable, gave up 51 shots, but hey. Just a tad. I think, it, yeah, I think it can go both ways, but uh, you know, they're, they're comfortable with him. He's comfortable with them. Like I said, the only thing they need is just to bolster that shutdown side of the defense. I think offensively they're all playing really well, but uh, yeah, got to lock up those people getting by them and the odd man rushes. So, how about a a couple this day in Leafs in uh, Leafs history? Ooh, let's to do close it. us out. This day in 1986, the Leafs and Oilers had a 20 goal game. What? <laughs> yep. Gretzky had six points and an eleven nine loss to Toronto. Oh my god! Who was in net? Um, I I actually didn't have that one wrote down, but uh, that's crazy. It, what was it? Eighty six. Yeah, we went through a lot of goalies in the eighties. <laughs> oh, Darty, you had something about the uh, ball logo. Uh, yeah. So, uh, um, <clears throat> oh, well, let Bean finish because I want to hear the history. If you if you had something to say. Oh, yeah, sorry, I had a, another one, too, oh, on this day in 1947. It. Howie Meeker sets an NHL single-game rookie record by scoring five goals in a 10-4 victory over the Blackhawks. Whoa. And was uh, Turk Broda a net for that? <laughs> I feel um, like that'd be his time. I would pretty much, pretty much guarantee that Broda would have been a net for that one. Nice. I only bring up Turk Broda because I don't remember the story, but there was um, some sort of... Um, I guess um, some U.S. radio announcer, and I think it was um, one of the guys from uh, the Jays. Uh, I can't remember his name now, but he's famous. You'll know. You'll you'll know right away who one of the Jays announcers. But um, I guess uh, <clears throat> somebody uh, like made a like some sort of historical comment, and, and then uh, the Jays announcer was like, "Yeah, just as famous as Turk Broda." And then the U.S. guy was like, "Who the hell is Turk Broda?" <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, just, of course, like, as Canadians, we love our, you know, we love our hockey. We love our, you know, <laughs> we love our hockey history. But Americans, they, you know, they, they don't know Turk Broda. They might know, you know, Larry Bird or, <laughs> you know, but they won't know, <laughs> they won't know uh, Turk Broda. That's for sure. Well, when you have the Bill Nye of hockey, Ron McLean, telling you some history tidbit every Saturday for 50 years, it's, you know, that's just what happens. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Guy's name is actually Walter, but nobody knows him as Walter. Everyone knows him as Turk. It was Dan Schulman. I think it was Dan Schulman who said the story. So if you want to tweet anybody's listening to this and tell Darty he's wrong, by all means. But I'm pretty sure it was Dan Schulman who said that story. And I was every time I thought about that, I was like, oh, okay, Turk Brona, right? <laughs> but uh, the story that I was going to say about the ball arena, the history of the ball arena. So it's famous for the ball company founded by none other than the most famous ball brothers. 
Uh, and no, I'm not talking about Lonzo and uh, D- <laughs> was it uh, was the other one uh, Delangelo or something or <laughs> yeah, Leangelo. There we go, Leangelo. I think of Tony. It was Leangelo and uh, another all the but- Lonzo. No, Lonzo. There we go. Not those Ball brothers. It's actually uh, the uh, Lucius, William, Edmund, Frank, and George, five American industrialists from uh, 1889. So. <laughs> So yeah, it's uh it's not that ball, it's not big baller brand, but apparently the Ball Corporation of all the weirdest like um companies to uh sponsor an arena, don't they they make <laughs> they make lids like <laughs> for um what do you call it uh for packing. They're like a menu a food and beverage container manufacturing packer. Like I was like what the heck? Like cuz I was looking at the name, like obviously Ball Arena. There, there could be other jokes about that, right? You know, that are much more appropriate for this uh, family-friendly podcast, but uh so I was trying to figure out what the heck is the Ball Corporation and yeah, apparently they're uh, they're a food and beverage container manufacturer like man, hockey's really reaching for uh, arena sponsors. It's like one side is the Leafs have Scotiabank and TikTok and it's like JJ's Burgers sponsoring a soccer team over in Colorado like what the hell yeah <laughs> that's or so like, funny you know what it's like we're watching the premier league with angry birds being a sponsor oh my god is it actually that's awesome did you guys ever listen to uh, 590 where they used to have those um, radio ads for the bug juice excelsiors <laughs> which for the longest what? time i was like what the hell are they talking about what the hell are the, who the hell are the like what is what is bug juice and then what is who are the excelsiors and apparently it's a a lacrosse team sponsored by a, a soda company called bug juice which i've never heard of and i <laughs> but yeah so look if you it, it, they we used to get commercials for it on 590 all the time but you ought to go to bug juice excelsior's games i'm like uh how about no <laughs> that's an awful name for people i wish i was making wow. that up again you can tweet if i'm wrong but i, I you know that's something that you know darty listened darty's been listening to 590 since uh uh, you know they they've changed how many different like announcers and uh, commentators. You know, it's crazy how many changes have been made over the past five years for their lineups. And I'm I'm gonna say it again: no one will ever top Joe Bowen. Oh, never! And Andy he Frost and as the, the voice. Yes, hundred percent. Yes. Um. Also, not that's not Leaf related, unfortunately, but there was a video released by sportsnet of the last like five to ten seconds of every game winning stanley cup final game for the past 10 years it's actually a pretty cool watch oh nice past 20 years sorry oh so darty i found the owen sound shout out where my girlfriend's from owen sound bug juice north stars is a lacrosse team (laughs) so they've changed their sponsorship since uh, i heard those commercials (laughs) That's and they all are wearing bright orange jerseys that say "Bug Juice." <laughs> That's awesome. Like you know what? what? To go back on uh, Bean's point is I, I, when I, if you know, if my kids never get to hear you know "Holy Mackinac" yelled on uh, you know on the radio, then I don't know where we've come as a society, right? Like as a, <laughs> as a culture, like that's I'm gonna miss that if we lose that, you know. I have an eight by ten photo of Matthew skating to the handshake line from his first game after he scored his fourth goal. And I have Joe Bowen. I had him sign it and write out his whole call from after that fourth game. Just, it's incredible. He is, well, for, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. There's not much more you need to say. 
He should be and, in the Hall of Fame, honestly. And hopefully he got he got the um. Oh, nice. Bug juice. If anybody that doesn't know, Johnny's showing us a picture of the jersey. You know, I didn't make the. You know, I said. Twitter, you can uh, if if anything that Darty says is untrue or false, you can definitely call me out. But yeah, I was not lying about the bug juice excelsiors. Oh my gosh! But again, going back with uh, Joe Bowen, um, you know what? Like, it's he. We you know just like just like um how with the Jays they had you know touch them all, touch them all, Joe. You know, <laughs> I really hope that Joe Bowen gets his chance to call a toronto maple leaf stanley cup you know win like just just call it have some amazing you know quip that we can remember for history and we can tell our you know tell our kids or tell our family members and whatnot that hey we you know we heard this man just say (laughs) you know he's every time i hear his i don't care if it's a game where the leafs are losing a2 or a game where the leafs are you know just barely holding on and it's uh you know they finally win in overtime. Like Joe Bowen makes every single game um, matter, and you know, kudos 100%. to him, man. Um, I just gotta say, these bug juice excelsior has got to be a mask knot for me. Going back to our mascot, our mask knot <laughs> game. The, up, uh, just the jersey alone, it's like a B, and the B continues down into the J. So it's like a J with a an eight on the top of it. Basically, it's just it's so bad. And it's orange, white, and like sky blue, and the font on it is like a gradient white to orange. Like it is just the most distracting. Oh my god, I'm gonna retweet it so you can see it on our Twitter page. But oh my god, and dirty apologize to all our fans about bringing up the bug use excelsiors. <laughs> but. You know, it's just like those cars for kids commercials. Like sometimes like you hate it oh, so much, but it just <laughs> you're just like, man, like just get this out of my head. But, you know, they pay for that airtime. So it's stuck in your head. That just shows that there are some people out there who are actually good at their job when it comes to marketing. Because if it is that annoying that you can remember it all these years later, they did their job very well. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> We're ending it here. On that uh, note, let's be annoying. It, before we end it, can we do a shout out uh, to the the Balkan family in Connecticut? Did you guys hear can. about that? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, can't even imagine what the the community is going through, let alone the family. Um, for those that don't know, a high school student in Connecticut, um, Teddy Balkan was injured during a game and ended up passing away because of it. Just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, we yeah. never like to see things like this happen, especially not in in junior. It's just it's awful. Yeah, was like a grade ten hockey game or something too. Like it's like yeah, like yep, sixteen year old tenth grader. Jesus, <clears throat> it's the same age as like you know some of the guys of the world juniors. It's like fuck. Yep, Connor Bedard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, on that note, we got to sticks uh, out for Teddy tonight. Sticks, sticks out, out for exactly. Teddy. We saw, yeah, actually, there was lots of support from uh, from other players that were leaving sticks outside of the house. Um, if you're able to, I'm sure there's um, benefits going on for the family. We can post them on our Twitter. But uh, on that, have a lovely Saturday and uh, stay safe out there. And we'll be back with the next Leaf game. Um, when is the next Leaf game? I can't keep track of these postponements. 
it's postponed. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> oh, and before we before we move on out to um, thanks for bringing up uh, being with um, <clears throat> that poor poor kid, uh, you know, sticks out for him. But also, uh, there's a big. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, big support for uh, the uh, Hockey Diversity Alliance as well. Um, I really liked right. uh, the hashtag tape out anti-racism campaign. I think they did a really good job with that. And shout out to Akima Lou because uh, especially everything we've learned this year, like that that man has been through a lot. <laughs> so no kidding. Yeah. So that's a hashtag tape out hate. I highly recommend everybody look into the campaign. They put out a like two and a half minute video. That's awesome. It's powerful. Yeah. So uh, hashtag tape out hate <clears throat> is the uh, the Hockey Diversity Alliance new initiative. So look okay. into that. Except for the fact that the NHL would not allow them to wear NHL merchandise in that video. But we can touch yeah, on that another uh, day. There's, they're just missing such a teed up PR opportunity here. And it's just frustrating to watch. God damn it, like, Gary. Yep. Like doing doing the right thing aside, just like expecting a corporation to do something that makes them look good, and they're not doing that. And it's like, guys, this is such an easy win. It's it, it's mind blowing. The NHL got accustomed and used to having not that there's anything wrong with European players, but a European player in the league in the seventies, a Salming. Ori Salming played eleven hundred games in the NHL, fought tooth and nail every single game to prove that he was worth it. There, the like diversity in the game is not going to do anything but help it. Exactly. How many how many Canadians and Americans don't get the chance just because they look different? Like, can you imagine right? the amount it's, of people that could be on the ice that could be far better than some of the people that were, you know, hashing out league minimum contracts to? Absolutely. If you're raised differently, whether it be in a different country, different household, different religion, anything, you see the world differently. You see everything differently. So a certain play in a game, you might see it differently, be able to do something that no one else can do. Like, yeah, I'm a hockey naturalist as much as anybody, but it, it's it's to the point now where there's no excuse. It's ridiculous. No, you're absolutely right. Thank you for bringing that up. I, uh, yeah, into yeah, all the notes job, on the game, it's hard to uh, to keep on these things. So thanks both of you. Oh, there's a lot there. Yeah. Hashtag uh, sticks over Teddy and hashtag uh, uh, tape out hate. Absolutely. So um, I just checked, and it seems like the Vegas game is not postponed. So the Leafs are playing at Vegas on the 11th, which is, what, Tuesday? Yeah, in Arizona on Wednesday. So we'll have a couple episodes uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, apologies about this whole jersey giveaway with stuff under the weather, and we're not communicato. Um, we'll figure out how we're going to give it away. We promise. Because <laughs> we're not going to keep it. Do we still we have, have our own. Are we still doing any giveaways or are we? Are we uh, that not right. <laughs> not right. No, we're done with that. <laughs> That's okay though. So um, not to end things on a, on a heavy note, but that's the world, you know? So yeah. give us yeah, a, yeah, a five issues. So. Yeah, we do. And you know, we, we don't want to forget about those things and we need to make sure everybody knows just like we did with uh, everything for the first half of the season, not to get into all that again, but. Give us a, a five star if you like what we do here on uh, Leafs Late Night. We'll have uh, we'll have a nice community show coming up in the next month. Um, all of you will have a chance to jump in. We'll do a big like twenty person show, and everybody can talk over each other and try and get their word across. It'll be like an awful media scrum. It's gonna be awesome. If you don't, like, if you don't like the show, still leave five Hollywood stars. Squares. <laughs> exactly. You heard it. And uh, so follow Darty Berder. Follow Jamie and. 
on Twitter. Follow us, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, Here, your night of post-game podcast. <laughs> Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And I thought you were doing Always. Always. <laughs>